Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's backyard. Day 27. 3.33 a.m. 3.33. All those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving the Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's going on, everyone? It's the Commissioner here. And once again, I am coming back with part two of our amazing and incredible episode with Jackson Gatlin and Don Knock. That is right, part two of our great episode live at Urban South Brewery. We went ahead and talked about more Houston Rockets. It's what we are. We're a Houston Rockets podcast, so we obviously had to talk more Rockets. We talked about our overall opinions on their season, as well as predictions going into the end of the season and what their end record is going to be. It's a great episode. It's such a fun episode. Such a vibe having Jackson Gatlin and Don Knock on at the summit with us. It was just an incredible time we all had. If you enjoyed part one, join us for some more uh, fun inside shenanigans, what have you, whatever you want to call it. It was it was a blast having these two on. So that's enough of me talking. Let's go ahead and lob it up to all of them now. That's right, to the GM, myself, Don Knock, and Jackson Gatlin, right here, live at Urban South Brewery, part two at the summit. State of mind. Okay, go ahead, Jackson. Whoops. Testing, testing. Mic and check. One, two, go. one, two. <laughs> Better? There it is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, let's just keep it, this for the show. Yeah, just right. Just, just leave all this in there. Call it the Summit State of Mind Blooper Reel. Let's go. We'll start in T minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Hey, everybody. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets. This is Chris Chavez. This is your boy, Easy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Thoughts. This is Timoteo Keister. What up, what up? It's Roosh Williams, the Mastodon himself. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Von Wafer, former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player. Five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. You are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Summit State of Mind presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network. I am joined by Mr. Gene Jacket himself, Jackson Gatlin of Locked On. We are also joined by Apollo Launchpad Podcast's own Don Knock, a.k.a. Just Don, a.k.a. Don Julio, a.k.a. Every Name in the Book. And <laughs> Thankfully not uh, Don Toscano Anderson. We got not Don Toscano Anderson. That that's a dub. That's a I'll, dub. I'll take all of it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just now noticing that this is a live reaction. Don's hat says Just Don on yeah, the top. That's, yeah, that's why I did he that. It last <laughs> I'm there. so sorry. I did not even notice. Okay, well, one, apparently the drinks were flowing too much last Thursday. I, <laughs> I did not pick up on that, but wow, that is yeah. hands down the coolest hat I've seen in a minute. All right. Yeah, that's, All right that's they they ran job, my right? pockets for this hat as well, so I'm, uh, I'm going to accept every piece of gratitude behind this hat but yeah uh love all of the nicknames love all of the all of the hype so absolutely again yeah glad to be here i i did 
um, raid y'all's podcast. I was invited. I, I kind of lied about that earlier. The GM, I, GM yeah, leaked it. Did, he did leaked it first. Me, yeah. Did invite me. We had but talked I, about this earlier. The, the, the GM beat uh, the GM beat Woj beat Shams. Like he yep. beat everybody to the scoop. Yep. Uh, yep. Absolutely had to. Had to. And uh, Berman was not at the airport when I landed, so I'm gonna say <laughs> poor guy. Poor guy. We, um, we were able to slip it. We were able to oh, kind of secretly lead What's the man in. Berman, I, I caught him slipping. He was not there when I landed. But you know, again, thanks for thanks for getting me here at the last minute. Uh, love my guy Jackson. This is the guy who got me into podcasting, man. Hey, so you know, for everyone that doesn't know go. that backstory, see, we are an Oprah Winfrey pod, yeah. man. All love, <laughs> all love flowing. The, the tears are about to start flowing oh, here. Right, it's, about, it's about to get real on this podcast. There, there, there's some drinks yeah. flowing in us right now. I'm, I'm oh, telling y'all, man, it's gonna be an emotional. One. I've never consumed <laughs> alcohol in my life, so I uh, just want to get that out there. Oh, yeah, unless, see, there unless, there unless I have a sponsor that wants to give me some, then I will drink all of your alcohol. Uh, what is it? Does I, it? Sobriety does it, Sunday every day for me. I was gonna say, does it rhyme with Pon Pulio? It's right. It's right. <laughs> Pon Pulio. Let me know. We're gonna have to transition over to that because obviously that's a whole other story. But uh, once again, we're joined by Jackson, Gatlin, Don Knock, and of course my co-host, the GM himself, boys. Rockets podcast. Let's talk about the Rockets season overall. We're 15 and 43, going for ping pong balls to snag that top pick. We're going for, you know, obviously Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith Jr., or Paolo Banchero. What's been um, your overall opinion of the season so far? We've been going in order of Jackson, but I want to reverse it now. I'm going to go to my co-host first. What's been your overall opinion of the season up to this point, you know, with 28 games remaining? Well, for those that haven't been listening, I'm I know, a, right? Yeah, right. I mean, you, you've heard ex- everything that I've had to say thus far. But basically, in regards to my opinion, I'm sad at the fact that we did not deal Eric Gordon or Christian Wood. But I understand under the big, the big picture yeah. is that we just didn't get offers that we wanted, correct? And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We acquired Dennis Schroeder, and from the looks of it, it seems like he was a good pickup for the team overall. And, you know, we needed a veteran point guard. No offense to KPJ, because I think KPJ has actually been running the offense very well. But it's very different when you have someone that's been there. Former sixth man of the year, the backup to Chris Paul. I actually found out he wasn't. He wasn't? Okay, never mind. He's not. See, I thought he was, but see, like— He wasn't. Dennis Schroeder was, was it 2020? Okay, okay. He was the backup to Chris Paul great, in 2020, he backup. and he killed us. Yeah, I feel like yeah. every time we played, bubble. He would, they were he running the three-headed us. dragon guard lineup, which yep. was had a ridiculous net rating, and it was Dennis Schroeder, Shea Gildas Alexander, and Chris Paul. Yeah. And you would look at that lineup, and you think, oh, Chris Paul and you know Dennis Schroeder, they're going to get killed defensively in the backcourt. They held it down. That That's what lineup, they that three-guard lineup, had one of the best, if not the Scary. best, uh-huh. net rating across the NBA in there their minutes go. played. It was absurd. Yeah, and I mean, you know, just in the grand scheme of things we had we didn't have high expectations in regards to the season i'm all about us trying to get into the ping pong balls you know all we want to see is okay i hate to say like to repeat everything we talked about on on twitter but a hierarchy correct because we're just tired of seeing this all this chaos and the offense and seeing that just there's just nothing in regards to um consistency for shots obviously we want to see jalen take more but at the end of the day like i've stated before this is a hard. This is a very difficult job for Stephen Silas in order to Absolutely. try to push the future forward, but also get the guys' shots like the veterans, correct? So I mean, there's a lot of things that go on. I'm not going to be a Silas hater. I think that we just we got to give him three years. Just just my opinion and just how I feel. But with the overall grand scheme of the season, I'm happy with what we got thus far. I mean, Jalen can be better, and I believe he will be better towards the second half of the season i want to see more josh christopher we all want to see more josh christopher we love him you know That's our boy. the guy plays with effort he is he is the man he he brings the power of positivity 
Shout out to our team, The New Day on the WWE. Oh my we watch goodness. wrestling, I, I, me and my brother. Let's keep gonna, it real here. It was going to pop up at some point. There you go. Go on. <laughs> but yes, yes. And I mean, you know, I'm a three-point shooter when we play. You so are. I got love for my boy, Garrison Matthews. Love the guy. But in the overall, in the grand scheme of things, it sucks to lose. But I'm not upset at what we're trying to build here. I do think that there is a future. And just overall, in the grand scheme, I think we will be okay. I got faith. Not just with the team, the front office, and the coaching. I think we'll be okay, but that's just me. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was a good take. Good take overall. Uh, let me trans- transition over to you, Jackson. In terms of what what your overall opinions been on the season, especially since it's your first time on the pod. Look, fifteen and forty three, going for the top pick. Obviously, development being the number one priority. What's been your overall opinion of the season? I think that largely there is emphasis being placed on development by the Rockets organization absolutely but at the same time I think that the idea of what development truly looks like and I'll put you know air quotes around development is very different from the fan perspective to the organizational perspective right from the fan perspective fans just want to see all the young guys soak up every single minute that they can they want to see Jalen Green shoot 20 25 30 shots a game and they want to see Jalen KPJ Josh Christopher absorb all the garbage time minutes that they can when at the end of the day there are paid professionals in the coaching staff, the front office, the scouting department, you know, the trainers, all of that, who understand development and who understand basketball greater than likely any of us ever will hope to, right? Absolutely. And these are the professionals who are in posi- put in a position to help these players succeed at, that, at the highest level, at the NBA level. So while I do think there are some fair criticisms to be had for how Jalen might be being utilized on a nightly basis and maybe he's not getting enough reps with the ball in his hands or not being highlighted enough as the number two overall pick, I've certainly had those gripes myself. That said, I do think that we've seen some steady development and progress for every single one of the Rockets' young players, for their rookies, for their sophomores. They've grown. Every single player has grown this season. Every single player grew last season, despite it being such a weird year. And I think you do have to give credit to the coaching staff because of that. Now, is Steven Silas going to be the long-term fit, right? Is he going to be the guy who's still here when the Rockets are contending for the playoffs or the play-in or, or what have you? I have no idea. I, I, he hasn't shown me enough to understand that he is that guy. But for this season, just kind of isolated, I'm not, you know, I'm not super happy about the way the season's gone because I do think there has been a bit of a disconnect between what the Rockets, you know, look like they're trying to achieve on a nightly basis with what Steven Silas and the product that he's putting on the floor versus with what the fans want to see. And maybe that's, again, maybe that's more of an issue on us and like the onus is on us as fans and as consumers of the product to kind of change what we think we should be seeing on the floor and not be as upset on a game-by-game basis as like, you know, oh, well, Josh got only 11 minutes and it's going to ruin his development because he got 11 minutes on some random game in February of his rookie season. (laughs) Like, do you see how crazy that sounds, though, when you say it in the grand scheme of things? It's like, so I always try to take a step back, look at things from like a 10,000-foot view and overall, I don't think there's been anything to like look at the season and think, oh, the Rockets are like stunting the development of Jalen Green or Alperin Shingun or Josh Christopher, right? Does five extra minutes a night mean the difference between one of those guys making it as an NBA player and turning into a bust? Absolutely not. So much of the development for these young guys takes place off of the basketball court. We get mm. we get the tip of the iceberg. We get this tiny little incremental, you know. A bit of a glimpse into their development for the 48 minutes that they actually take the floor every night. 
they've got practice time they've got time on uh, you know on the jet co you know getting used to their teammates understanding each other you know picking up advice from the vets on the roster they're they're in film room they're in practice they're in shoot around they're doing so many other things to better themselves as NBA players that we never even get the chance to see and mm -hmm. yet we're supposed like you know there's fans that are like oh they're they're ruining the development so that's why I'm just like pump the brakes relax a little bit yes there are some healthy criticisms to be had but overall I do not ever think that it's you know as catastrophic as a lot of Rockets fans will make out the season to mm -hmm. have been to this point so largely I'm okay with where the organization is at right you know, I'm I'm very cautiously optimistic about the future mm -hmm. of where they're headed. Mm -hmm. I think that you have to be confident in how they've orchestrated the rebuild to this point. They're not trying to cut any corners. They're not trying to go out and like right. They could have they could have tried to make a move for you know CJ McCollum and tried to you know jumpstart their ability to be relevant next season with a guy who is arguably yeah a good player in CJ McCollum and he's a guy that maybe you know makes you relevant to vie for a playing spot right away next season. That's exactly what the Pelicans are trying to do because they're trying to save their asses when it comes to Zion Williamson but the Rockets aren't in that boat right now right they're mm -hmm. in the boat of all right we've got a bunch of young talent we're going to have another top pick this, this you know this this upcoming draft let's try and put it together next season and I do think that they're going to have enough talent on their roster to kind of make a push towards the plan and next season will really be the year to truly evaluate Steven Silas yeah. because they're going to have more than enough talent on the roster to be vying for a playing spot. It's about how Steven Silas molds and utilizes that talent. So next year will be the year where you look at it and you're like, all right, if the Rockets are still a dumpster fire, if they have another 15, 20 game losing streak at some point next season, then that's when you have to take a really hard look at Steven Silas and say, all right, is he really the man for the job? Because again, to this point, he hasn't done anything to me that screams, yeah, I'm guaranteed I'm, I'm ride or die Steven Silas right now. No. I think he's been, you know, a, a, a crucial part of their development. I think he's an incredible guy. I think he connects with these players. But is he going to be the guy at the end of the day who can control that locker room and steer this team towards being a playoff team again? I don't know, but we'll learn a lot more about that next season for sure. Absolutely. In terms of having two top prospects, especially, you know, the 2022 draft, this is what's so important. And me and the Jam, we talked about this last episode too in mm -hmm. terms of what this team is going to be. Give him next year. Give him, it's a three-year deal, right? So this would be the last, what is it, a sign a three-year deal or a four-year deal off the top of your head? I believe it's a four-year deal off okay. the top of my sense. head. Yeah, yeah four-year don't, don't, don't quote yes. me on that. This is not Coach Silas's last season as a coach. No, no, not this season, but yeah. not next season. I don't think next so he'd be four. Last year so he'd be four-year I believe it was a four-year deal. Okay, so yeah, no, and we're exactly on the same boat with you in terms of what this is because mm -hmm. at the end of the day look we want development but let's get to the end of the season let's get to the ping pong balls yeah. let's get to the top pick i mean that was the idea of that was the the, the mantra of this year anyway so yeah. i totally agree with you there but don knock over to you now 15 and 43 um do you do you agree with where the gm and jackson stand in terms of what where steven silas is as a coach and the development of the players what's been your overall take I think that Steven Silas, he came in to coach Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and then they brought in Christian Wood, right? So that was his that was his vision coming in, is I'm going to have two future Hall of Famers, Christian Wood, who looks like Up the best yeah. linking center in the entire league, right? And then that was pulled out from under him almost as fast as we've ever seen a situation like that precipitate in the history of the NBA. Unfortunate. Um, they got John Wall. Then John Wall was swiftly uh, coaxed into sitting out the entire season. <laughs> so now you have Kevin Porter Jr., who's coming off cooking 
Drew Holiday for 50 points, but you know, outside of that, he had the stint in the G League. He had you know some flashes with the Rockets last year, um, but by all means, not someone who's you know a, a solidified Hall of Famer or even you know All NBA caliber type of guy. So you're coming in knowing your shot creation, your point guard position is really in question. You bring in Jalen Green, and Jalen Green, we saw him in the G League. He's not a guy that had some egregious level of usage rate. I think it was about 25% in the G League. Um, but someone that did a lot of his damage with the ball in his hands. You're also bringing in Albert Shangoon. He's going to have to play behind Christian Wood. There's just a structural barrier there. They also signed Daniel Tice. And so Albert Shangoon is going to be behind both of those guys. Who's mm-hmm. Mangaruba? Same thing, right? You know, center type of prospect, very strong defender, but we'll see how he's going to develop as an offensive player. Um, Josh Christopher, a lot of people said this is Jalen Green's friend. He has proven to not just be Jalen Green's friend <laughs> since that time, right? But they sent Josh Christopher down to the G League. He got a good amount of reps down there, came yep. back up, has looked very good. Jalen, I've said from early on in the season, it seems like they want to – take the quote-unquote sins of the father of James Harden and say, we are going to drill a lot of these bad habits out of you. We're not going to let you stand around when you're not on the ball. We're going to make sure you're running off screens. We're going to make sure that you're attentive and help defense. We're going to make sure that you know, you're know you using your athletic tools to your advantage. And that's not something that's just going to happen overnight, right? Jalen has to almost relearn how to play the game, to play that way. He's someone that... We've also heard it talked about he kind of has two different shot mechanics, whether he's pulling up off the dribble or whether he's shooting a catch and shoot. It was covered ad nauseum that um, – uh, sorry, I'm playing on the coach's name now. The the Who's the player development coach for the Rockets? John, John Lucas, Lucas, sorry. Yeah. John yes, Lucas yeah. worked extensively with Jalen Green to, to iron out his shot mechanics. And once he came back for his injury, he looked very good shooting. And then that's kind of tailed off for a little, for a little bit. But um, – you know, kind of a mixed bag on Jalen. I think he started to play well recently. Um, I, I didn't get to touch on this earlier when we were talking about the Rising Stars game, but if you look back even at the Clippers game, he had 21 points in the Clippers game. He had a, a couple other good games he strung together coming into the All-Star game. So it's not like, you know, this guy was averaging two and a half points a game, Water, Pistol, Pete, uh, or Skip Bayless, right? He comes out and has this crazy game in the Rising Stars game. No, he, he's scored 30 points per game. He scored, you know, 20 points over a certain number of, of games. Like, this is someone that came in with a high-scoring pedigree. So getting him to actualize what his scoring capability is for the rest of the season is going to be very important. And then KPJ, right? Like we said, he came in last year. They tried to convert him to point guard. That was going to be a process. He had the incident during the Nuggets game with him and Christian Wood, and, and that was a point where it could have really flipped. It could have gone either way, you know. KPJ, the reason he went out of Cleveland is because he had a locker room-related incident. And they said, hey, we, we drafted this guy in the first round, but we can't keep it going anymore. We have to move him. And then he winds up in Houston, right? And Houston took a chance on him. We have the good infrastructure. And now he's really turned it around since the time of that incident. It seems like, you know, it's not always how you get knocked down. It's how you bounce back. And KPJ has bounced back extremely well. 
Stephen Siles came out and said, hey, look, KBJ is our guy. We believe in him. And sometimes that's what you have to do as a head coach, right? You know, this situation is very fluid. It's very up in the air. And they said, hey, no, KBJ is our guy. We're going to stick with him. And we've seen KBJ deliver since that time. So evaluating Stephen Siles as a coach, right, it, it's, it's a mixed bag. You know, not everyone has been super successful. Usman Garuba, we haven't seen a lot out of him. Jalen, like we said, maybe not put in the best situations. But, you know, he has gotten some things out of these guys. What he's going to do with – Christian Wood and Albert Shingun's minutes, whether they're going to play them together or not, you know, that's kind of been in flux as well. I know Jackson uh, did a great job asking some of the questions kind of going along that of what they're going to do with Shingun and Christian Wood. But, you know, Coach Silas, like these guys alluded to, you know, he hasn't done anything in my book where it said this guy has completely lost the locker room. Once we had that big incident, they really – rallied together. Christian Wood has looked more attentive since then. KBJ has looked a lot more locked in since then. And his X and O's have been good. You know, we, we do the spaces, me and all the guys I do the Rocket State spaces with, and we've had people come in there and say, Steven Silas doesn't run an offense. And we've brought in people that have vouched for it. You know, we've made the case for, you know, like Steven Silas is running offense. Sometimes you have young players, they're not going to be guarded the way the other players are. And you're not going to get the same type of look. You know, Jalen Green running off a stagger and teams are going underneath on him. It's going to look different than if they're having to chase him around top of the screen. So give Steven Silas some time. You know, let these guys develop in their own games. You're going to see a lot more crisp actions. You're going to see a lot more defensive attention to what's supposed to be happening in these actions. And that's where I'm on Steven Silas right now. I think we need at least another year. We need to see what pick they can get into the system. And then we'll go from there. But, you know, overall, I think Steven Silas hasn't come out and been Greg Popovich, but he hasn't come out and been uh, Earl Watson for the Suns either, right? He hasn't completely just imploded this mm-hmm. this effort. And I think he's earned another offseason and a good portion of next year to, to really rally the troops in and see what it can look like coming out of that. Man, Earl Watson name drop here on Summit State of Mind. That's wild. Go. I never thought I'd hear that. De- Earl Watson, the man who threw the pass to Desmond Mason. That's all I remember him as. Yep. As a Seattle Supersonic <laughs> in the dunk contest. But, okay, boy, great take, Don Knock, by the way. Great takes all around in terms of the NBA season. I, I agree with all of y'all. I want to give Steven Silas this third year with the potential of having Chet Holmgren or Jabari Smith Jr. or Paolo Bancaro and seeing where he, what he does from there. You know, you just never know. Would be traded in the offseason? Could EG be traded in the offseason? We, we don't know. And, and yeah. Don hit on this, you know, but that moment moment the the halftime incident right it was i think a really big defining moment for steven silas as the head coach to see how the organization would respond and how these players would respond to what happened yeah and steven has given so many very illuminating quotes about his relationship with with so many of the players on this roster but specifically kevin porter jr and the ability for a coach to connect and harbor that positive relationship with the player is so key and I think that every right, every player is different. Every human being is different. But so often we forget that this isn't just 2K. This isn't just hold down the right trigger and just go 110% all the time and right, just right. you know yeah. a couple crossovers. No, these are real-life human beings with thoughts, feelings, complicated emotions, all of that. And I think that from that perspective, Steven Silas has done an admirable job of handling – a various like degree of, of different you know again variables that he's got to deal with with the veterans with the young guys with kind of trying to harbor positive growth all that and if you just go bullet point down the list right it's just there have been so many positives to take away from the season Jalen has shown flashes he's also improved tremendously as a defender KPJ is looking like he can be the point guard of the future and that was one of the big questions if not the biggest question coming into the season was what's going to happen with KPJ at the point guard position mm-hmm. 
So far, that's looking like it's panning out beautifully. On top of that, you've got uh, Josh Christopher, who's looking like he's going to be, you know, possibly the steal of this last draft and has absolutely earned his way into rotation minutes and looks like he's actually going to be a legitimate NBA player. You've got Alper and Shingun, who looks like a potential franchise cornerstone stolen at pick number 16. So overall, I do think there are so many positives to look at right away from the season. And just because... Jalen isn't, you know, at the top of the pecking order vying for rookie of the year honors and because he's not being, you know, showcased as the number, you know, the number two overall pick every single night. I do think that one, KPJ's development as the point guard has kind of hindered that a little bit. But I do think that they, the bet on KPJ and his development as a point guard is paying off, right? We, there might be a referendum to be had. You might look back at this and think, oh man, they wasted some of Jalen's rookie year trying to experiment with KPJ at point and it ended horribly but I think so far the way that project is trending things are looking really good with KPJ and he really could be the point guard of the future for this Rockets team so even though it might have cost Jalen some reps some spotlight minutes you know what have you some shot attempts here and there some usage rating however you want to highlight it I think that was absolutely worth the investment in KPJ as a person, as a player, all of that. And we're seeing that pay off on a nightly basis now. Absolutely. And in terms of where I want this team to be in the long long scheme of things, Jalen Green's 20 years old. Alperin Shangun is 20, I think. Or did he turn 20 yet? He's still 19. He's still 19. 19. These guys have so many more years ahead of them than behind them. Mm-hmm. So you can live with what what's happening. I'm good with what's happening now. I'm fine with it because at the end of the day, there, there's a lot of stuff on Steven Silas's plate, and we have to agree because KP is his first legit year as a point guard. There's a lot of stuff on Silas's plate, and for the most part, I think you know we we you know we criticize what we criticize some stuff that he did, obviously. Mm-hmm. And but at the end of the day, look, it, it is what it is, and he's doing the best that he can. And I'm behind all of y'all in that sense. All right, let's get ready to move on. But before we do, we need to give an ad and a shout out to the greatest and best anime streetwear label in the entire city of Houston. That's right, I'm talking about the culture changing, the culture setting brand known as Day Off. Are you tired of the same old anime tees? You tired of the same old mall core look? The first colony and a magic mall core look? Don't you want to see some older classic animes getting love? Well, be sure to check out the brand Day Off for your retro anime goods from animes like Macross and Neon Genesis Evangelion to Cowboy Bebop, My Hero Academia, and my personal favorite, Shokugeki no Soma. Day Off is your source for anime-induced graphic mayhem. You can use the code right now, Day Off Summit, for a 10% off discount at dayoff.shop. I'm telling y'all right now, if you go there right now, it's going to be a lot of big-time stuff happening. He is the, the tribe... The Day Off Tribe, which is basically going to be a branch out of his main brand. And it's sick. It's incredible. I I helped with the photo shoot of it. It was so much fun. It's such a great drop in terms of the line. He has the Tribe Work shirt, the Tribe Long Sleeve, the Tribe Short Sleeve. I have the Short Sleeve shirt. Super comfortable. Love the design. And the Work shirt as well. Super comfortable. I wear it every now and then. And when I do, I just I have to show out for the brand. Not just for the brand, but it's also an incredibly uh, feeling shirt. You want to have a good feeling of when you're wearing it and you want to be able to rep the brand properly and when you wear something like that you can be proud of it so that's definitely something that i highly recommend and also one more thing he's also going to be putting out something very very important 
in March. That's right, March 11th, 2022, the Lost Romantics line. Just stay tuned on that because there's going to be a lot of great stuff coming soon on there. That's right, March 11th, 2022, next month, he's going to be dropping a brand new line just for y'all. Let me say that again. If you want to hop on that website now, you can use our code DAYOFFSUMMIT for a 10% off discount at dayoff.shop. Once again, that is D-A-Y-O-F-F.shop. Be sure to check them out once again. Day Off, our favorite and only anime streetwear label. Hey everybody, this is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. Okay, let's move on. I do want to ask y'all a question, and I wanted a live reaction to this because I, I did not give y'all any inkling of this, but I want to give it to you first. GM, let me lob it up over to you. Who has been your MVP of the Rockets? And it's going to be a roundtable discussion. This year? Yes. Ooh, man. Yes. Ooh. I'm, giving Jackson and, I'm giving Jackson and Don time to think. Oh, and man. And I'm giving it to you first. Honestly, I, I don't like know. <laughs> I might have to go Jay Sean Tate. I mean, he's kind of set the precedent in regards to hustle and heart. I mean, granted, we might feel some way, some type of way when he forces up his post-ups, but mm-hmm. overall, he's been very good in that sense. He's a guy that puts the effort on each and every day. You know, Absolutely. We want him to improve with his three-point shot because that's the shot that the teams will give him, but I do like um, the precedent that he sets on the defensive end, and you can just tell that he pours his heart out there on the court. I'm not saying that the other teammates don't, but I'm just saying that you see it through his effort, and I think that we can all agree with that. Um, I'm going to go with Jay Sean. That's just for me, but in the grand scheme of things, that's just what I've seen personally. Okay. No, good take, good take. What about you, Don? Over to you now. Who's been your MVP of the season? Please don't say Dennis Schroeder. At the risk of pandering, <laughs> clearly to the, the MVP of the season has been Ines Freedom Cantor. Hello, <laughs> uh, you've, you've gone too far, my friend. You've gone too far. Give Ines right. Freedom his flowers. Right. Rockets legend. There you go. Okay, that, that's putting the okay. Well, an appreciation I'm, I'm post not, on Clutch. Let that slide. I'm let that slide. Um, I'm going to take an unconventional pick, and once I once I dive into this, I think it'll make sense for a lot of people. Um, the MVP for me is someone may not be leading in a lot of statistical categories, but once he came on the Rockets, you know, full time, everything looked different. And that is Garrison Matthews. Garrison Matthews, you know, they signed him to a two-way. The team came out, they struggled, they went on the big long losing streak, then they brought him into the team. And, you know, having that shooting to open up things for Jalen and KPJ has just made their games look entirely different because those are two guys that are completely predicated on driving. Alperin Shingun, predicated on getting into the paint. Jay Shante, predicated on getting into the rim. Um, Christian Wood, you know, is a guy that does a lot of his damage in the paint. So having any level of shooting threat has opened up tons for those guys. And the Rockets are a team that I think they lead the league in scoring in the paint, if I'm not mistaken. If not, mm-hmm. then they lead the, the league in attempts in the paint. So, you know, Garrison Matthews, he also really fired up the team with taking all the charges, giving good defensive effort. And so, you know, sometimes the MVP of the team isn't, you know, LeBron James, right? Sometimes you have to have a guy that's going to come in there and just say, hey, look, you know, 
you guys are down bad right now. I'm going to come in here and we're going to change the culture. We're going to start trying as hard as we can and we're going to open things up with my shooting. And for me, it's been Garrison Matthews. And, you know, whether whether or not, you know, Garrison Matthews, like we said, is, has been – you know, the most impactful offensive guy or the most impactful defensive guy. I think, you know, having his presence there on both of those ends has just really magnified the effort from everyone else. And, and in that sense, for me, I would have to say that it's Garrison Matthews for the MVP of the team for this season. Okay, great choice, great choice. Now over to you, Jackson, who's been your M- – you got to let it stew for a minute. And uh, who's your MVP of the season so far? You know, I really didn't have to let us do. I will say that I, I was kind of. I almost once I heard Don go with the Garrison Matthews pick, I was. I loved that pick because I was kind of back and forth between my my current pick and the Garrison Matthews pick because I do think he's been incredibly impactful, right? As far as what you look at, what he brings on a nightly basis, the way that he changes the complexion of the offense, and then you mentioned. You know, Garrison's not always the, you know, not exactly he's going to be the best defender on the court, but he makes things happen defensively. Like, at least once or twice a game, not only does he get the charges, but he also gets the hustle plays, right, where he'll he'll play a passing lane and, you know, tip a ball. And even though he doesn't get the steal himself or whatever, he, he really does impact the game on both ends of the floor more than almost anybody else on the team. He had that one play where he... Harden was trying to roll the ball up, and he just dove yep. on the ball and passed away from Harden. Yeah, yeah. There you go. and then so, he got the MVP the chance season. at the free throw line, which was <laughs> a top three moment. Take Legend. me back to those moments because <laughs> <laughs> it was what a month later we had Steph Curry getting MVP chance in Toyota Center, made me sick to my stomach. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I think my MVP has to be Eric Gordon. You know, okay. it's you know his his impact, much like Garrison Matthews at the end of the day, can't be overstated for this young Rockets team to have a guy who has been there, has done that, understands his role in the team, is able to be that stabilizing force, that veteran presence without necessitating having the ball in his hands, you know, taking it away from the young guys. I do think there is something to be said still. We've highlighted this before, but the, you know, the lack of a hierarchy or pecking order in the Rockets offense, yes, that's frustrating at times, but this team might not have even cracked 10 wins without Eric Gordon this season so far. And when you look at what he brings to this team, and when you look at how the young players talk about him, when you hear Kevin Porter Jr. talking about the fact that he was really hoping that EG wasn't going to get moved at the trade deadline because of how important he is to who they are as a team, to what he brings to the table, to, again, all the things that take place outside of the 48 minutes that we get to watch on TV or watch in person at Toyota Center, what have you. Uh, you know, Eric Gordon is so invaluable to this Rockets organization. And to to know that he is happy here in Houston, that he wants to be here, yes, there are times when he's frustrated, right? Yes, there are times when he has the post-game interviews and, like, you know, he's got the 1,000-yard stare and he's like, this defense is something else, man. <laughs> like, he is still bought into trying to help these young guys find their way, right? You know, to, to my knowledge, Eric isn't, at a place in his career where he's chomping at the bit to go play for a Phoenix Suns or a Utah Jazz or a Golden State Warriors, whatever, to try and vie for a championship. He is happy with where he's at. He's bought into what the Rockets are trying to establish here, the culture, the precedent that they're trying to set under Steven Silas, and he's happy to be a big part of that moving forward. And so for me, you couldn't have a better veteran on a roster to 
you know, to, to be the accent piece for all these rookies than Eric Gordon, right? He doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective offensively. He spaces the floor. He's very much a safety net for these young Rockets players where, okay, they've run their sets. They're trying to figure out what they're going to get. Okay, nothing's there. 10 seconds left on the shot clock. Hey, EG, can you uh, bully ball your way in for two for us? Thanks. You know, and then being able to rely on him late in games and situations like that, yes. it's he. He really is, to me, he's been the Rockets' best and largely most consistent player this season, right? You make the argument that KPJ's had his flashes and had his clutch moments. Absolutely. Jalen Green's had his flashes. Christian Wood has an argument that he might be the best player on this team. I think, to this day, Eric Gordon is still the best player on this team, and it's part of the reason that I talked myself into there's a reason that they didn't move him at the trade deadline, right? It's it's something to be said, okay, yeah, you might get back a, a late first-round draft pick in this next draft, but all the other variables that Eric Gordon bring to the ta- brings to the table so far outweigh what you could have maybe gotten by way of a little bit of draft compensation in this next draft. Again, you want to see this team be able to have some games where they play competitive, they play close, they get down to the wires, so that they can experience those crunch time moments and have a chance to actually steal some games like they recently did against the Phoenix Suns, right? That was obviously, that was, a, the, you know, the Dennis Schroeder game, but EG played his role in that game. Maybe we would like to see EG take a few less shots and kind of pass some of those looks off to Jalen Green. Absolutely. But they're not in that game if you don't have EG doing what he does, right, on both ends of the floor. And so having now two veteran presences in Eric Gordon and Dennis Schroeder that they can kind of rely on, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Steven Silas balances that. And I don't expect Steven to, like, lean heavily on both of those guys. I think it gives him the option to lean on either one, right? So maybe Schroeder's having a great night and EG's struggling. So you lean on Schroeder in the closing lineup or vice versa. EG's got it going. He's, you know, on fire. Dennis Schroeder, not so much. So Schroeder's riding the bench to close out the game. That way you can always at least have one veteran on the floor and one veteran in the closing lineup to kind of be that guiding presence for the rest of the Rockets players on the floor. Absolutely. And you're preaching to the Jean Jacket crew over here because that was going to be my pick. I wanted EG. <laughs> the Jean Jacket crew, Jean solidarity. Jacket. Always, man. We have to. EG, in my opinion, just to quickly add on before we move on, to what EG is, look, we've seen Russell Westbrook. We've seen uh, James Harden. And they all kind of, the way that they kind of left the organization, I just appreciate the fact that EG wants to stay. Maybe, just maybe. Don, I think it might have been you. I don't remember who it was, but there was someone on Twitter that said it, and I, it was it was – it was almost like Jimmy Neutron status in terms of like brain blast because like maybe he's Vince Carter. Maybe that's, I can't remember if it was you, but Vince, maybe he's going to be Vince Carter. Maybe that's what he wants. Maybe his goal is to, you know, just be that mentor for the youth and the, the youth of the group. He looked like he was happy to stay. Yeah, I, I didn't bring up Vince Carter's name specifically, mm-hmm. but what I, what I talked about in that tweet was that Look, you know, Eric Gordon is not a player that's, you know, fighting for a top 10 all-time type of legacy, right? His legacy can be mentoring these young guys, being a top, you know, X number of player in the Houston Rockets organization, and then maybe even coming back and being a part of the Rockets organization like we've seen with Matt Bullard, like Vernon Maxwell has tried to do. Chuck Hayes. Chuck Hayes, there you go. I did. Um, So, you know, not – not everyone, you not everyone, you know, needs to get traded to the best possible situation like we've seen with James Harden, right? Some other guys they have a different path, yeah, and that absolutely. may be the case with Eric Gordon. And you know, the reporting we've heard after the trade deadline has been that Eric Gordon enjoys being in Houston. We've seen Eric Gordon, you know, enjoy Houston off the court and 
you know, be involved in the community as well. So mm-hmm. I don't think that people really need to get hung up in we didn't get the Phoenix Suns number 30 pick for Eric Gordon this trade deadline. You know, there's a chance we could move him next offseason. I had a lot of people tell me, hey, we should have just dumped him for whatever we can get. Just dump him for two seconds. If you're going to dump Eric Gordon for two seconds, we can do that next offseason. We don't need to have – we don't have exactly. to rush into that. There you go. There's no sense of urgency in doing that. Let him mentor these young guys. Let him continue to enjoy his time in Houston. And, you know, like I said, maybe even further his career as a part of the Houston organization, you know, going into the future. But I think – one thing that Rockets fans really got caught up in is this was one of the most active trade deadlines we've ever seen. You saw Ben Simmons move for James Harden. You saw Tyrese Halliburton moved. You saw um, you know, a number of other trades as well. It was like the Rockets were Squidward inside of the house looking out at Patrick and SpongeBob. <laughs> Having fun outside, I, right? We got a SpongeBob there reference on the pod, I am, and I'm all for it. I am one of the biggest SpongeBob fans you'll ever meet. I don't I, know bro, if people know about bro, me. Bro, let's not get started with us. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, seemed like, it seemed like the Rockets were Squidward in that situation. They were like, "Hey, you know, everyone else is getting these fun trades. Like, what about us? Like, I want to get a fun Eric Gordon trade, and all we got was Dennis Schroeder." For Daniel Tice. And some and, cap clearing move, yeah. Yeah, and, and that wasn't yep. – they didn't have the feel-good, right? They wanted the feel-good of we're mm-hmm. going to send Eric Gordon somewhere, may, maybe even to Phoenix. Then we can see Eric Gordon try to win a championship like P.J. Tucker yep. did last year. And, you know, yes, it would have been awesome to have that feel-good of we send Eric Gordon to a title contention team. But you also have to think about it in terms of the Rockets did a lot of posturing last season – so we have a first for Victor Oladipo, and if they did a lot of posturing about Eric Gordon and they end up giving him up for two second-round picks, these other general managers are going to say, hey, you know, these Rockets, they talk a big game, and then at the end of the day you can fleece them. And you don't want that either, right? You want Rafael Stone to have a, a strong reputation around the league of when I say this is what it is, that's what it is. And I'm not going to let you, you know, get one over on me in, in that manner, but – you know, Eric Gordon overall, like you said, he's going to be someone that's good for these guys. Like Jackson said, you want to be involved in close games because if Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. can feel what it feels like to be in a close game late and either produce or, or fail, you know, that's going to be beneficial for them developing long term. And Eric Gordon puts you in that mix of we can be in these games. We're not just going to get blown out by 30 points every game and it's boring for the fans. It's boring for the guys playing the game. They're losing interest in even playing in the games. You you yep. want to have that – you want to at least have that carrot dangling in front to chase. You don't want to be just wandering around aimlessly yeah. you know, in the wilderness. There you go. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, boys, let's get ready to go home here on the last part of the episode. So – Real quick, I'm just going to do a quick roundtable discussion. Give me a prediction at the end of the season here. Where are we going to be once that once we cross that finish line of the 82-game season? Jackson, you're the guest of honor. Let me give it over to you first. At After game 82, we're 15 and 43 right now. Where does the record stand? Uh, I don't want to be the wet blanket here, but... Be I don't, the wet blanket. I don't, I don't expect them to win a ton more games this season. You know, coming... Coming into the season, I I kind of projected them around like a little higher than the Vegas line. I think it was like twenty five point five wins on the season. Mm-hmm. I had them around twenty six or twenty seven ballpark, not vying for a playing spot or anything. But I, I think obviously the fifteen game losing streak took its toll earlier this season. I'm gonna go final record 
21 and 61. So six more wins on the season. So six and 18 to finish it off over the last 24 games. Mm-hmm. Okay, good choice, good choice. I'm, I'm going to give you all my record at the end. But, Don, over to you. I may have math this wrong. I was promised there would be no math, but I, I had to do math anyway. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm going to say <laughs> they end up with 24 wins. Okay. Uh, so whatever that equates out to. 21 and 24 and 58. 24 and 58. 24 and 58. Okay, that, that's what I'm going to go with as the final tally. I, I think, like Jackson said, I picked a little bit higher going in. I think I came in around 28 wins, a little bit over the Vegas line. So I'm going to p- predict just under that Vegas line with 24, and, and that's what I think they get to. I think, you know, some of these other teams may shut guys down. Some of these other teams may, you know, be trying to rest guys for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think they can sneak a couple extra wins in there. We've seen Dennis Schroeder look really good on this team in terms of getting Jalen set up, getting some of these other guys set up. So I think they can manage. I think I believe it's nine more wins to get to that 24, 24 number. Just so. just to throw it in there really quick, I, my only concern about, like, normally, right, you, you'd look around the NBA and you'd say, yeah, that last month, like, everybody's resting guys, whatever. The play-in tournament has changed that quite a bit. Even Adam Silver spoke about this at all our weekend just saying kind of citing the fact that so many teams now are competitive in that last like you know week or two week stretch of the season because they're Mm -hmm. either trying to avoid falling into a play-in spot or they're trying to or they're trying to get into a play-in spot or they're trying to get a better play-in spot like this is the most competitive we've ever seen a full 82 game nba season and i love what the plane has done for that and at the end of the day, it does kind of prevent teams from, you know, openly resting like half their roster rolling into the final month of the season because they're just like, oh, yeah. we, we've got our spot. Now, yeah, a team like the Phoenix Suns might be able to do that because they've garnered so much space between where they're at and the next team behind them. But teams like the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs even, who are still kind of in that mix for the play-in spot in the West, right? All those teams are still very much going to be fighting for their play-in livelihoods. Yep. And even then, the teams at the top of the pecking order are going to be vying to keep their home court advantage, to not fall below you know and have to be on the road in the first round of the playoffs so there's a lot of different factors at play here to where I don't think it's you're exactly going to be running into a lot of teams that are just you know trotting out their G League rosters and you're gonna be able to scrape some easy wins that way unfortunately so yeah I I do agree with with the premise of what you're saying there I think if you look at the structure of the Rockets last couple of games I think there are a couple teams that in those last couple of weeks that they may be trying to mill it in they have the Blazers twice they have the Kings the Kings may either be in or out they have the Timberwolves the Nets the Raptors the Hawks so I think those teams some of them may be jostling for position um we have the mm-hmm. Pacers in there as well so it depends on the team right we'll know we'll know closer to when it yeah. happens yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I, just yeah for sure. I just think it's one of those things where it's like now more than ever it's not a given it's so uncertain right yeah. it used yeah, to be almost fair. a true, given true. where you're just like all right this is a yeah. playoff team they're in mm-hmm. the home court they don't care they're just gonna rest guys for the last three weeks of the season yeah. give or take. Yeah. but now it's just like there's so much uncertainty heading into that final stretch of the season it makes it really hard yeah. to predict which teams are gonna sell and which mm-hmm. teams aren't yeah absolutely absolutely for sure over to you now GM you're the last one mm-hmm. give it to us what's the record at the end of the season i mean i think if i if i recall i probably went with like 24 wins I think to start yep. it's a great number it's a great yeah number. right yeah. there you go that's my boy <laughs> but i'm gonna go a li- like i was thinking either between 20 to 22 but i'm gonna go in the high end of 22 and i'll tell you why took my dang record <laughs> based on <laughs> like the schedule and what don said was at the end see we don't know it's all circumstantial it's all based on what's going to happen towards the end and i do believe that the rockets are capable of stealing some games from some teams above 500 but towards the end when we face these teams like for example like a kings or you know we're facing a trailblazers team those would be the games where the rockets probably could escape with a dub just based on what the roster that the opposing teams field 
And I have faith in the team that towards the end, we will start to see a bit more development in the sense of where these guys will get more aggressive. They'll play better defense cohesively. And I think against those teams specifically is where those strides can be made. And because of that, I do think we'll escape with a couple more wins than I would anticipate particularly. That's why I was going to go with 22 and 60. Okay. I want. I get. I was gonna go twenty two and sixty, so I guess I'll go twenty three and fifty nine, just to just to even it out, just to shake it up. <laughs> twenty three and fifty nine. Sure, we'll sneak the so extra we have, win. We have a twenty one, a twenty two, a twenty three, and a twenty four. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's why. That's why we're according to someone on Twitter, we're podcast royalty. So there you there go. You go. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about all. Yeah, that. I didn't know. Either. I was like, yeah, I'll I, take it. I'll I'm, take it. I I'm guess. a clout chaser and a name dropper, so I'm taking literally anything I can get on, <laughs> on that front. Well, well, on that note, boys, this is gonna be the go home here on our podcast. Jackson Gatlin, the man, the myth, the legend on the pod, meeting us at the summit. Finally, we locked in the deal. No pun intended there. But <laughs> let me roll out the red carpet for you now, sir. Uh, any shout outs, any plugs that you want to put in at the end of this pod? Uh, yeah, I'd love to plug uh, one of my sponsors, Built Bar, on this show. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> do no. it! He, so. refused, he refused to plug Built Bar on my podcast. Now he's giving me all the Built Bar plug. I'm kind of offended. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I just want to, like, you know, I can't, it's weird. Like, I don't want to. I guess I don't, or I can't plug you guys on your own show, but like, I'm just really proud of what you guys have done, right? Like it's, you know, at times you look around the, you know, Rockets Twitter landscape or the Rockets media landscape, and there's so many people that are doing things, but you guys have made a name for yourselves. And it's really cool to see what you guys have grown, what you guys have done with Summit State of Mind. I love the show from the moment I first saw it and, you know, reached out to you guys on, on Instagram. And I was like, hey, like, you know, would love to get to know you guys. And I'm glad that I'm finally like being able to meet you guys at the Summit and be on the show and, I definitely look forward to having you guys on Locked on Rockets here in the not-so-distant future, so you guys will have to be on the lookout for that. But, yeah, no, I mean, you know, other than just shouting out you guys and, you know, what you guys have accomplished and just really excited to see you guys continue to grow in this Rockets, you know, fan, media landscape, all of that, uh, you know, it's it's really cool to see people kind of come into their own, you know, in what they're trying to do here and kind of making a name for themselves. And you guys have absolutely done that so far. So that, that's my shout-out right there is for you guys. I appreciate that. And thank you, sir once again for coming on and look at this guy the fourth guest out of nowhere came in on the 11th hour Don from the Knock. rafters from, from the, the rafters, rafters. sting yes. style sting. <laughs> oh, my, my boys see this is why this is why this works uh over to you now so let me yeah, roll uh, the red carpet wait, wait sting or, or spongebob yeah. when he was doing the the thing where he was oh from the roof. dude I'll take, I'll take spongebob all day every day bro That's we'll not, there you go there you go i'm gonna i'm gonna you know build off of a jack what build off what Jackson just said there and you know this is the second time y'all have got me into a, a live setting here you know a, a on location scenario here and it's awesome you know Jackson did a on location pod on Thursday um, I think that's really the future of how a lot of this Houston podcasting mm-hmm. is going to be of doing yeah. on location stuff getting a lot of people doing crossovers and it's awesome to have that you know like I said earlier in the pod you know Jackson brought me into the podcasting realm um, you know now we're all here doing a podcast together and it's just incredible to have that level of networking and have that level of interaction as a Rockets community. Y'all talked about some of the Rockets community stuff earlier when I wasn't when I was just listening on the first segment and I think that's one thing that makes this fan base so incredible. We have people like Prodigy that are in Portugal, we have people that people like Nathan Fogg that are over in England. Obviously we have the Turkish fan base, the Chinese fan base, and that's what makes the Rockets fan base different than, you know, like Oklahoma City Thunder who are more you know, U.S. centric. So it's incredible to have that type of interaction, incredible to have this live type of interaction. And, and 
I want to applaud y'all like Jackson just did for thinking outside of the box and thinking, hey, we need to take this podcasting space in a different direction. But um, in terms of plugs and stuff like that, you know, follow me at Don Knock. Follow uh, all of my hosts that I do uh, our Twitter spaces with. That's the big thing we're really pushing. If you like watching Rockets basketball and you want to talk about it after the game, you know, follow me. Follow Bias Houston, um, Paolo Alves NBA at Zeke NBA. Or it's just Zeke. You know, you, Brado NBA. Sorry, that, that's the last one. But doesn't even know their ads. <laughs> they, they all changed their ads like in the last two months. Like Prod changes twice. Brad changes twice. Brad decided he didn't need two Ds. Brado NBA now. So they put a lot on my plate with these. You no, know, the, the easiest one to follow is uh, at Don Julio. That's your yeah, at, right? Yeah, Don Julio. Yes. That's me. Um, if you want to, well, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But uh, also, yeah, you know, we do a podcast called Apollo Launchpad. If y'all, you know, liked what I said here, definitely follow that as well but you know getting back to my original point here thanks for having me i came at the last minute and these guys were, were kind enough to let me join in and, and partic- participate in the fun of of this activity so thanks again and hopefully i'll catch some of y'all listening at their next event because i definitely want to be in the building for that absolutely and i brought that fourth mic i was thinking i was thinking about yeah, mine. I was like, you just were in case. way just more just ahead of the game than <laughs> i was all right, and uh, once again, thank you for joining us at the Summit GM. You're always my guy. Thank you once again. Is there anything you have to say before we close here? Nah, man, I just want to graciously thank Jackson for giving us his time. You know, we appreciate you coming in and lending us your voice, and we just appreciate you coming through. You, good vibes, good people. We always have fun with you, man, especially showing up to our watch party, and we wanted to come support you on Thursday for your um, live podcast. So at the end of the day it's cool we've all built these friendships and it's wonderful to have you know that we can all just talk rockets basketball and shoot the shit shout out to don for coming through shout out to the text at the 11th hour my guy you know it's like the tread de- it was like the trade deadline here my dude just walks in he's like where are y'all at I'm like oh shit he's here the man arrived see an- another go. dennis Schroeder comparison <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. i love it i love it never ends the don- I, wait wait hey, wait, wait. donis Schroeder? can we do that oh, <laughs> there you go i'm about to make that happen there you go i'll also one. say you know Dennis Schroeder plagiarized the hell out of the Wiz Khalifa haircut. I am also a big Wiz Khalifa fan, so I do not take the Dennis Schroeder. So many parallels lightly. here, man. This is yeah, way too much. No, I'm gonna have to, to fire up Cushion Orange Juice on the way back home from this because uh, it's a classic album. This guy, the Don Colt over here, he's starting hey, something brand hey, I'll new. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> Once again, thank you, Jackson, for joining us at the summer, being our very special guest. Thank you, Don, for being us at the 11th hour, the GM. Appreciate all of y'all for coming on. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And that will cap off our incredible two-part episode with Jackson Gatlin and Don Knock at Urban South Brewery. Meet myself and the GM. Cannot thank the both of them enough for coming on. The vibes are great. We were able to talk shop. We were able to talk rockets. We were able to laugh, have a good time, get the drinks flowing. It was a great fun, and we really, really appreciate the both of them for their time to be able to come on the pod Really, really appreciate it. We hope y'all enjoyed this episode. So let me drop a few announcements for y'all. You know, give us a follow on Twitter at some state of mind underscore pod. Sorry, that's our Instagram at some state of mind underscore pod or on Twitter at summit S O M pod. The followers continue to grow. The Legion continues to grow. Like we said, just continue to meet us at the summit for the latest and breaking news. Or you can also follow Jackson Gatlin and his podcast locked on rockets or um, Don Knox 
podcast also uh, the apollo launchpad podcast G- more great content from all of them and we're all just one big houston rockets podcast community so be sure to give them a follow as well uh i want to end here on one giant huge announcement uh february 26th this saturday we are going to host a live podcast show along with shots and thoughts our podcast brethren our bros from day one um it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be at be more pacific the philly market saturday february 26th we are going to host a live show we are and shots and thoughts we're going to do ours first it's going to be from 3 30 to 5 30 and we are going to have an open mic that's right we're going to have an open mic live Like, as we are recording, if anybody wants to join us, you are more than welcome. I will have an open mic ready for y'all. If if you're on Twitter and you're in the Rockets Twitter spaces, this is basically your opportunity to do the Twitter spaces in person, to get a chance to actually meet us at the summit and actually get your voice on our platform. So we highly encourage anyone who's a Houston Rockets fan in the Houston area who enjoys good vibes as well as some great uh, food. That's what Be More Pacific provides. So from 3.30 to 5.30, that's going to be our time slot. And afterwards, for the big main event, we're going to have Shots and Thoughts live show from 6 to 9. They're going to you know, take shots. You can play drinking games with the hosts, Chris and Sean. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to it. it the vibe is just going to be incredible. Uh, like we said, Shots and Thoughts is a game show. It's a comedy game show. And they play games. And it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We're very, very excited. Uh, once again, it's going to be live podcast show at Be More Pacific Filipino Kitchen and Bar this Saturday, February 26th. The address is 506 Yale Street, Suite E in Houston, Texas, 77007. Like I said, you want to come out for great vibes, a great great show two shows we're gonna do two live shows the some state of mind and shots and thoughts from 3 30 to 5 30 for us once again and 6 to 9 p.m for snt it's gonna be a lot of fun vibes are gonna be great we are so looking forward to it houston rockets fans please if y'all are available you are more than welcome to come out meet us at the summit enjoy a live show and stay for the main course stay for the main show which is going to be snt so once again we appreciate each and every one of y'all for continuing your support for us we really really appreciate it we thank jackson gatlin we thank Don Knock. We thank Urban South Brewery. We thank Shots and Thoughts. We thank Be More Pacific. But most importantly, we thank each and every one of y'all that have continued the love and support that you've had for us. Myself and the GM truly, truly appreciate it. We just continue to climb and we continue to try to get better and be better with our podcast. So once again, we're going to end here from myself and the GM. Y'all have a good rest of the week and uh, hopefully we see y'all Saturday. Take care. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. The Summit. 444 life.